0: The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. What's up, everybody? And welcome to the 56th episode of the Schmidt Talking Podcast. I'm Alec Walt alongside Kyle Allen. We're two of the class of 2017 who are obsessed with Bonnie's basketball. Kyle, welcome to you.
1: Alec, we are on episode number 56. The offseason is officially underway. We have some Bonnie's news, some A-10 news regarding the NBA draft, and why don't you mention some personal news for yourself?
0: Yeah, I got some pretty good news. Uh, I'm proud to announce that I have officially accepted a position with Sirius XM Radio as the associate producer of MLB Network Radio in Washington, D.C., And I'm unbelievably excited for this opportunity. It's crazy to think that at the age of 24, I am moving to a market like Washington, D.C. and working for a company like SiriusXM Radio. So, Kyle, I just want to give a quick shout-out to you. Thank you very much for dealing with me the last 56 episodes. It means a lot to me, the consistency we've kept over the last two years. And I just can't thank you enough for the work you've done with me.
1: Definitely, man. You're working hard at the position, and you're a gifted uh, talent at what you do, and so I know you're going to go far in that world.
0: Hey, man, I really appreciate it. But last week, we were so caught up with St. Joe's, we completely forgot to mention the newest Bonnie. The Bonnies have signed junior college transfer Matt Johnson, and Kyle, this is a pretty good signing for St. Bonaventure.
1: Yeah, at six four. I think we're going to see a guy who is going to be rotating in with Don Welsh next year. The guy who shot forty-one percent from three, seventy-seven percent from the free throw line, fourteen and a half points in seventeen minutes a game. I mean, that's efficiency right there. If I've ever seen it, and junior college is tough because you know once you give up the ball, it's like the best sentence because you know everyone is trying to make Division One program right from there. So everyone's just trying to get theirs, and so you're rotating a lot of minutes, and it's always tough. But for a guy to average fourteen point three points in an average of seventeen minutes. Ball going that efficient from three, I mean, I'm pretty excited to see what this guy can do next year. A quote from Schmidt, he's a skilled, fast-tempo player, fits our system perfectly. Ball-screen, offensive player, understands how we play. And Schmidt loves a guy who is a fast-tempo player and, you know, enough-tempo offense that fits well.
0: Yeah, I mean, when you look at the guys we have currently on the roster, Kyle Lofton, Dom Welsh, Justin, Winston, Osun, Osunie. This team's going to be flying up and down the court next year. I mean, we saw it last year. They had some quick pace. It's nice to see that Johnson can come to St. Bonaventure and immediately play that fast-paced offense. Now, when you look at his role next year, I agree with you. I think he's going to be the backup to Dominic Welsh. I think there's no question that the starting backcourt is going to be lofted into Welsh. With the backup combo guard being Jalen Poyser, he- One reason why I think he has the chance to get some minutes next year is because you mentioned it, efficiency. He shot 40% from three last season. Jalen Poyser's not the best three-point shooter. Our three-point shooter off the bench last year was Nelson Caputo. I don't see Johnson having the ball in his hands as much as Caputo did because Caputo has some playmaking abilities, but you got to like when someone coming to St. Bonaventure shooting 40% from three could fill that type of role that we're losing next year in Nelson Caputo
1: yeah I agree on that because in an already deep team, I think only adding more depth to a young roster like this is going to be key. Um, a guy who comes in already with two years of experience, even though it's not the one experience experience is experience so
0: again, Matt Johnson, the junior college transfer will play for the Bonnies next season, but speaking about next season, I want to talk to you about the three freshmen, Kyle lofton, Dom Welsh. And Oshun Oshuni, they had outstanding freshman seasons, but it's all about growth. It's all about progression in this program. Kyle, what do you think those three need to work on to be even better for next season?
1: Um, I think for Lawson specifically, it's a three point shot. We know he's a very good mid range jump shooter, and he and we saw you know at the end of end of last season he could really turn it on from three. So I think. I'm not even worried about it. He's just gonna turn that on going into the next year and I think he's just gonna carry it over from how he was playing at the end of the season in the A ten tournament. So I think for Lofton it's that. For Dom Welsh it's I think just a little more consistency from beyond the three. He was, you know, hot towards the end of last year but was, you know, a little more inconsistent dealing with an injury, you know, in the beginning of the year. But these guys were all so young and so it was a lot of just getting used to the game of college basketball. For Asuni, I think it's just keep developing that low post game and eventually an outside jump shot. I don't think he needs to rush into, you know, shooting a lot of jumpers yet. We saw by Nicholson's junior year, he didn't shoot a three until then, and then he became nearly a 40-point, three-point shooter by the end of his senior year. So we'll see how the progression is for Asuni. I don't think he's going to be, you know, a 40% three-point shooter, but who knows? By his senior year, he could stretch out to, you know, maybe even attempt a three here and there, but... I think it's for him to develop that low post game and a little bit of a jump shot. We know he's a defensive beast and he is, I don't know how much more he can really improve from last year. He's just going to be more stout and more consistent, but I couldn't be more excited for these three guys.
0: Yeah. I mean, Kyle, I agree with you there. I can't wait for next season. I mean, when you saw the, how these three freshmen played towards the end of last year, I mean, it just saw the potential that this team has for the next three season and adding a guy like Winston should make them even better. When it comes to Lofton, a lot of his three-point shots came from when he was playing off the ball, and one guy he's not going to have next year is Courtney Stockard. Stockard has that playmaking ability off the wing. Next year, you can't really... There's no guarantee that a guy like Planudis or a guy like Winston are going to have those playmaking abilities that Stockard has. It doesn't mean they're bad with the basketball, but I trusted Stockard bringing the ball up. I can't really say that about the other two because I haven't seen them yet play, so... Shooting's going to be important for Lofton next year, as it is for most players on this team right now. But without Stockard on this team, it'll be interesting to see if he can get more three-point shots in isolation. You saw Jalen nailing threes in people's face a lot last year. Without Stockard, it'll be interesting to see where he gets those three-point shots. I definitely agree with you when it comes to that area. Welsh, consistency, I think you're spot on with that. He's a streaky shooter, and I think that's one thing we expected coming into the season. I mean, we list, we read a tweet from Chucky Maggio a while back that he has the ability to go on Mobley-esque hot streaks. Well, I mean, Mobley was a great player, but at times he was streaky. I mean, when you go on those Mobley-esque hot streaks, you don't miss. So if he could turn that into more consistent three-point shot making, I think we're going to have one of the best backcourts, if not the best backcourt in the Atlantic 10 next season. Now, this is where I think it's going to be interesting for Oshun. One reason he got so good defensively last year was because he was next to a guy like LaDarian Griffin. Ladarian Griffin takes a ton of defensive pressure off this team. He can defend off the perimeter. He's fast. He's lanky. He gets rebounds. He blocks shots. He disrupts passing lanes. He is the complete defensive player, and you really saw that throughout his growth at St. Bonaventure, and Oshun is a great defensive player. Don't get me wrong, but when you're next to a guy like Lederian Griffin. It makes it a lot easier to play defense. I mean, you got a second shot blocker, a second rebounder, a second guy who can box out. Next year, the Bonneys are going to have Planudis potentially starting at the four, which means he's not as athletic. He's more of a guy that can space the floor, but the paint is Oshun's. So I'm interested to see how that pans out. I think he's an outstanding defensive player, and I'm interested to see how he adjusts without Ladarian. But having a guy like Oshun on this team going into his, his sophomore season already as talented defensively he is should make it easier for everyone adjusting on the defensive side of the court next season. Speaking back to what I said earlier with the Bonnies potentially having the best backcourt in the Atlantic 10, the reason I said that is because the best backcourt in the Atlantic 10, Kellen Grady and John Axel Goodmanson, are testing the NBA draft. Goodmanson was the Atlantic Ten Player of the Year last season. Kellen Grady was the A Ten Freshman of the Year two years ago. Kyle, these are two huge names in the conference that are testing the NBA draft waters.
1: Yeah, and to preface that, I would say that the new rule—it's an important thing—that the guys can still sign an agent and return to school. So that's something that you know you need to keep in mind. If you see that they sign an agent, that doesn't automatically mean anymore that they're declaring for the NBA draft. They could still return to school. But We know what Godminton can do. He was 17 points per game. I would say Grady is obviously a guy who's probably going to have the best chance of making the NBA. I don't think it would hurt Grady to return for another year. Yes, he could contribute right away, but I would say he still has to develop his game a little more. Defensively, maybe he could find you know a little improvement. Offensively, I don't know what else he, what, uh, what else? more you want from him, maybe averaging more than 20 next year, but at the same time, in an offense of Bob McKillops, it's not very easy to you know score 20 a game because of just the way he distributes the basketball, and he, it's an all-around team effort when it comes to his successes, so I wouldn't be surprised if Brady stayed um, in the draft, but I would be very surprised if Gunninson did, and he um, doesn't come back for another season along with Grady. I think they'll both end up coming back for another season.
0: Yeah, I think Goodmanson definitely comes back to Davidson. I have a hard time believing, even though he won Atlantic 10 player of the year, that he gets drafted. And I agree with you that Grady has a little bit more NBA potential in him. He's a great shooter. He has some size. So you can definitely see his role translating well off the bench. Do I think he'll be a consistent NBA player. We'll have to see when he gets there. But... Do you think there's a chance either of them get drafted? I mean, I think there's not really much of a shot with Axel Goodmanson right now. I mean, the point guard depth in this draft class is really, really weak. But any potential you see there? I, I mean, what what are your thoughts on that, Kyle?
1: That's why I would say Davidson's going to still be, you know, a top team next year. And it doesn't hurt for any guy's chances to get national TV presence and you know, people are like, oh, but these scouts know everyone. Yes and no, but they want to see how you do on the national level against the best players in the in college basketball. So, you know, yes, a lot of your stats go far away, but at the same time, if these guys, like John Morant this past year, and playing in the you know NCAA tournament can really only help their chances, and I think it would do, do these guys a lot of good to return and, you know, return to another year at Davidson and see if they can make another NCAA tournament run like they have known in the past to do.
0: And I even think coming back to Davidson would help them significantly because the conference was bad last year. We're not going to sugarcoat it outside of VCU. There really wasn't that great of teams in the conference. They come back next year, there's about four, five, six really competitive teams in this conference.
1: Yeah, and I think you know the league is going to have more than they did last year in the tournament next year. And I think Davidson is going to be one of those teams.
0: When I look at those two right now, I think Axel Goodmanson's definitely coming back. I think Grady could find some success in the G League if he's really looking to go down that route. I know the NBA is looking to develop that league a lot more, get players the opportunity to get paid and things like that. Do I think the G League's ready to take some of the mid-tier stars in college basketball? No. So... I agree with you. I think both of them are coming back to Davidson, but I think it's a genius idea for them to test the draft waters, go to the combine, speak to scouts and kind of see where they are in relation to other players in college basketball. These are two very good players in the Atlantic 10, if not the best players in the Atlantic 10, I expect to see them back next year, but I will definitely keep you updated on how they do throughout the combine process. And you can follow us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore talking. Finally, finally, When we went off on St. Joe's last week, one of the key players we discussed was Jameer Nelson Jr. He's the son of former NBA and St. Joe's great Jameer Nelson. He has picked a new team. He's staying in the Atlantic 10. He has officially signed with George Washington and Kyle, according to his father, this has nothing to do with St. Joe's University.
1: Regardless of Jameer Nelson going to St. Joe's beforehand or not and being a legendary St. Joe's player. I think this also just has to do with the coach leaving a program who recruited you and you just don't trust the incoming coach um, and rightfully so. And they want to go with the school that they probably had down in their final decisions. And, you know, guys do this all the time. So I think it obviously, Jameer's line most when he says it doesn't have to do with what St. Joe's did to Phil Martelli by firing him, you know, without any, without any true warning of it coming and so I just call a bluff on that and I think yeah it has everything probably to do with St. Joe's uh doing what they did to Martelli yeah I agree with you
0: I mean if you're Jameer Nelson what else are you gonna say I mean y- you don't really want to stir this up you don't want to wrong very-
1: you don't want to make your wrong to the university that you agreed to do as a player too so you know he wanted to make sure he said the right things when it came to that
0: Yeah, and I mean, if you listen to some of these quotes, and this is why I agree with you, that was a bluff. He said, he's extremely comfortable with Jemian Christian and his staff. What he say a few weeks ago, he no longer feels the same sense of familiarity that he once did that was referring to St. Joe's. When I read that quote, that felt like a little jab at St. Joe's. Yes, I understand what he's saying, but you can kind of sense that that was a complete attack at his alma mater.
1: Definitely. I mean, the biggest attack is they lose a recruit because of them, too.
0: So Jameer Nelson Jr. can say it has nothing to do with St. Joe's, but every competitor knows you mark a few games on your calendar every year. He's absolutely got St. Joe's marked on his calendar. They may play him once, they may play him twice, depending on how the schedule pans out for next season. But I can guarantee you Jameer Nelson and Jameer Nelson Jr. are looking forward to playing the depleted St. Joe's Hawks next season. That's going to be it for this episode of the Schmidt Talking Podcast. I'm Alec Wall alongside Kyle Allen. We will let you know on our Twitter page when our next podcast is with the move to Washington, D.C. I'm unsure when we can record our next podcast. I have to move and kind of get familiar with the area, start the new job. So uh, I'm not going to guarantee a specific time will next be on the air, but we'll definitely keep you updated on our Twitter page at Schmidt underscore talking. Thank you for listening and have a good night.